Um, mustache creeping people out a little bit, but who am I to talk? <laughs> anyway, his name's Chase. So introduce yourself, buddy. Well, uh, I'm Chase. Uh, I hunt refuges, and I like to hunt everything. So I weld, I fish. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much I do what I do with my life. I like to spend my, my time outside. So That's good. Um, kind of funny story how we met. Mm-hmm. Hear about my daughter's age, Sharon. Everybody listening to the show knows about her. And she was friends with you on Snapchat, I guess. I guess that's all the rage with these kids. Ooh, I'm, yuck. Yeah. I'm not on it. Snapchat. But, uh, so anyway, I don't even know. Where do you live at? I live in Roseville. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they just, I think we were in Smartsville still when... No, start. we we met right here at the Pizza Well, Round. we met, but I'm oh. saying Sharon would tell me about, oh, they have this kid that hunts the refuges, blah, 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 and all that. Yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then one time, we, like me and Hank and Sharon went over to Pizza Rado during duck season. I think it was a Friday night or something. Yeah. And uh, Sharon's like, Dad, that's that Chase kid. I'm like, what? Really? Mm-hmm. So we went over. He had him and his buddy there, and uh, we went over, and yeah, of course, they started busting his chops a little bit. He had a good sense of humor about it. We sat down there, and talked i forget you guys are hunting howard or something the next day yep and we were going to our place and uh it was early season if i remember right mm-hmm. but yeah that man he's a really nice kid he wasn't at all a blowhard and uh that's kind of how we ended up meeting it's super random and weird you know this technology of way you meet people now is insane to me yeah but uh just happened to be chance we ran into him over there and the first time i met him a ah, good kid and then we started following each other on social media and sharon's talked to him here and there and stuff and uh Found out he'd been listening to the podcast a little bit and stuff. It's like, oh, he seemed like a good kid to get on, talk about his refuge experiences. And like I say, he's a fishing fool. He's a hunting fool. He, you know, he goes all over the place. So how did you get into hunting? Um, Well, my dad, you know, just just doing it with my dad, really. I got into it hunting with my dad. Uh, He took me out uh, to our blind out in Night's Landing for the first time when I was about three. Used to set out decoys with them and fell face first into the duck mud and <laughs> i think from then it was just in my blood really? it's either that or just the crawfish nipping at my fingers but <laughs> <laughs> one of the two things but i just got hooked on it you know there's something about watching a duck just spinning into the decoys that just gets me going so oh yeah that's definitely exciting dude my wife makes fun of me for we'll be driving down the road i'll see lately you know these mallards hitting the canals and cup their wings and i'm like woo as i'm driving yeah down. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah my girlfriend does the same thing she looks at me like i'm a freak and i'm like you know what it's just because you don't understand you don't understand you don't get it you know you've never seen a greenhead just do it stupid in yeah. your face and you just you don't even know what to do you don't know how to respond yeah it's uh it's pretty awesome um so do you hunt with your dad still much anymore yeah i do i, I spend i spend my time in the rice field with them because he doesn't like to uh hunt flood water he doesn't like boat rides um so even though my dad owns a boat shop he uh, (laughs) doesn't like to do the boat rides out on uh flooded water and uh it really came down to that was it's easy for my dad to come out to the rice fields uh and i really we hug up against rice checks and um hunt rice fields so i knock on doors hey got yeah i see your your pond's flooded up you care if i go hunt your rice field yeah sure go for it really you still doing door knocking in california that's crazy absolutely and it works yeah yeah honestly um and sometimes sometimes it comes down to hey there's a lot of birds here i've been seeing them for the last week do you mind if i come out and hunt and they're like nah you're like how about a hundred bucks and a case of beer (laughs) and they're like yeah 
So sometimes it comes down to that, but it works. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. That's, you know, innovative way to, instead of just doing the refuge thing, you know. But you do do that. You're at the refuge all the time, too. All right? the time. Yeah. yeah. So what's, uh, talk about that flood water that, what's, you hunting out of a, like, uh, flooded rivers, like where it floods out? yeah creates that kind of natural marsh stuff yeah that that stuff's cool yeah i do a lot of that um down on the delta okay so delta ah, you kind of ah. get into that um it's a dangerous game because you got to play your water tides right because even though it's a river you know you still got to deal with when the water's coming in you know you got to make sure you can get out of there yeah um that's a big issue i hunted down on the uh, sacramento bypass this year a lot because i worked at mcclellan air force base as a welder and that was the closest thing after work. I could get an hour and a half hunting, and I'd go hunt the flood water out there. And uh, right when the water starts spilling over out of the river, because it's not it's not a um, controlled flood there. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's just an overspill. And, uh, you know, we got a couple really good hunts out of there. We shot four or five mallards after work. And, you know, just doing a, driving 20 minutes down the road, yeah. getting an hour and a half hunting, shooting five mallards for me. And... Maybe my buddy would shoot a speck or two. It's it's worth well, that's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just an after work hunt, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's worth it, you know. And, and it was the coolest thing. So hunting that stuff is cool, but you get if if you don't play your cards right or you push it, it's when it becomes dangerous. I could see that for sure. Well, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, the after bay and you know, I remember being young and hunting out there and <laughs> there that water can rise pretty fast on you out there. And Absolutely. I, you know, I was outside of a boat. I'd just wade out and try to get in some toolies. And, you know, if you had to cross something and maybe you're, you're kind of on your tiptoes crossing it to get to some <laughs> land, uh, you know, you, you, that water raises, you'd be swimming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's pretty sketchy there. Yeah. Sure. Well, even fishing out there, it's a, it's a trip because, it, you know, it is an outflow of Orville. So yeah. one day you'll you'll do a you'll do a bass tournament out there and you'll pre-fish it and it will be great conditions. It'll be you know you'd have perfect perfect amount of water. The 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 temperature of the water is good for frog fishing or throwing jigs or something. And then the next day you get out there and it just sucks because <laughs> it's uh, because it's cold. The water yeah, yeah. the water goes cold and the fish get deep and they yep. don't want it. They don't. There's not a lot of cover out there. I mean, there is, but you got to know where it is and map it out because the water drops and the temperature changes all the time. Yeah, it just completely changes the way they behave. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. There's a, Thermalito is a really cool area to go to, especially for uh, a lot of guys who like to shoot those uh, stinky diver ducks. Oh, yeah. yeah. My good buddy, Michael Tran, he loves them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah get some buffalo heads, yep. some oh. ruddies. Yep, yep. Some coots. Golden eyes. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah you could smash a limit of coots out yeah. there. <laughs> I've seen it. Oh, I've done it. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. We did a day We did a day out there, me and my couple buddies. We got bored after a refuge hunt in the early morning. It sucked out at Grey Lodge. We walked out there, and we're like, hey, how many of these coots do you think we can get today? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm not really into a coot shoot. I'm like, five shells. Let's hunt. Let's jump these things up and get them. Man, we got into them. I think we shot like 15 apiece for like three shells. And man, we were running into the toolies with our dogs, grabbing grabbing birds. And what'd you do with them all? Turn them into stew. People think coots are gross, but if you cook <laughs> them right, they're not bad. Really? They're you made not, stew out of them? Well, they're not bad. Well, good for you. I gotta watch this. I gotta, yeah, I'll, let's see some videos of you eating it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I've had jerky of it and it tastes just like mud. Really? But, yeah. But, I mean, I guess if, I don't know, I mean, them Louisiana guys eat them, so. Well, I mean, if you're, you're a fisherman, you might. You yeah. like fish. <laughs> oh, you don't like fish, huh? <laughs> nah, I mean, I've had some salmon. That's okay. I'm not a big fish guy. I like guy. fish. I'm a big sushi guy, and I'll eat a lot of raw stuff. Yeah, you're, I remember you said that on a podcast previous. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't, a, you weren't a fish guy, and you do you like fishing in itself you uh no not really anymore oh, you obviously no. listen to enough of these no <laughs> yeah robert is just well, <laughs> i heard i i heard you mention say that you i have fished yeah you have yeah. Fished. <laughs> I, I, you know i had times where i'd get into it when i was in southern california I, I did it more because there was really nothing else you know out there there's not a lot of hunting there's some but it's not yeah it's not like up here right um so i got into so I've had like different phases where I get into uh, like I was into the trout fishing for a while, mm-hmm. and then uh, bass did the bass thing, which sounds like you're pretty well versed in both of those. Yeah, I try with the trout. Uh, you know, the bass fishing is just accessible around here. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you can you can catch fish or trout on the Sac River, but uh, in the in the middle fork of the feather and stuff. We well, gotta oh, go yeah. higher. Gotta go higher. Trout, yeah. 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 And, and if you're doing it, you have to really know what you're doing because it's pressured. I mean, it's just like the hunting down here. It's yeah. pressured. Yeah. And you got to be gotta be better than the rest. Yeah. And that, that's the hard part for a lot of people hunting public lands is it's the competition because you're doing this 24-7. You're yep. fighting each other. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people run into an issue on public land is they do too much of the fighting and not so much of the, hey, let's work together. Yeah, that's so, definitely that's true. a good point, you know, because, yeah, you can make it work for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There you is know? more than enough room to allow every single person to shoot their ducks and to go. I mean, you have to think that place is a closed zone for four out of the seven days of the week. Yeah, exactly. Those birds are very comfortable there. Yeah. You just right? have to work together and realize at the end of the day, everybody's out there trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. Yep. You're, tra- you're out there trying say. to enjoy yep. your time, make memories, you know, hunt with the young puppy and just you gotta enjoy it and people people do too much of this the yeah, fighting they, yeah. the the headlight wars where they're running out and yeah it's fun but at the end of the day i want that person to enjoy their time as much as i want to enjoy my time because they're putting the same amount of effort if not more to do what i'm doing yeah no that's that's a really good attitude to have towards it you know everybody did that we wouldn't you know hear the horror <laughs> stories we hear you know yeah well for a young guy that's a, definitely a good attitude to have and, and, you know, growing up hunting the public lands, I did do my fair share of fighting, you know, running to spots at Grey Lodge and running to, to yeah. spots out in Little Dry Creek up in Blood Alley. And, yeah. You know, I've done the the guy that shoot that sits 30 yards from you and, oh, a magical teal threw, fl- flew through. Yeah. And, you know, you pepper him. I've, yeah. I've done that. Yeah. And, and I realized at the end of the day that accomplishes nothing. Yep. It pisses the person off, makes them have a bad day, makes them go, this refuge sucks. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're all conservationists. Yep. We're all hunters. We're there to have fun. We're there to be better for the whole habitat, you know? I mean, all of our money goes back to the habitat. Yeah. You know, that's that's what it is. And as much as people say, oh, yeah, hunting is cruel, hunting's bad. Our money goes directly towards oh, yeah. making we're, that habitat. We're footing the bill for conservation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bird watchers—that's all fine and dandy, but they're not putting the money into the resource like we are for sure. And you know? For any species, you have to have some predator there so that they don't just uh, starve themselves out by all competing for the same resources. 
right? The, the habitat can only handle so many, yeah. so many numbers of any given species. Absolutely. Well, and that, that's one thing is the, the changing in farming practice, you know. A lot of people are like, well, the duck numbers are great. Then why do you hunt them? Well, that's exactly the issue. You'll see it with uh, snow geese this year. I mean, I'm assuming you guys hunt, oh, hunt yeah. rice fields. So yeah. you obviously saw it this year with the avian influenza. Oh, yeah. You'd go out there and you'd see the juvie snow geese. They're just dying. Oh, They're yeah. dying out on the side of the fields. Yep. They'd be sitting on the ponds as oh, we're walking horrible. in looking yeah. at us. It was yeah. horrible. And then, and not not just that, but it, it it makes the public's view of hunting bad too because they'll look at it and go, oh, that bird that has avian influenza to the uneducated person will go, I bet a hunter shot that and yeah. that's what's wrong with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's true because some people are looking at it from, you know, Sacramento, some Sacramentoian or whatever they call them. Yeah. There, they go, oh, look at that snow goose flying around in the middle of the city. It's sick. Yeah. I had it happen in Rockland at Bass Pro Shops. Really? We saw a snow goose flying around in the parking lot. Really? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, and, but it's just the avian influenza, and that's a direct example of what happens when we don't have a long enough conservation season. Because the snow geese can feed longer because they don't have to migrate north as yeah. much now because they have all the food down here. Yeah. So it's just a balance of people that they don't understand that we are conservationists at the end of the day. Yeah. Our, our money goes directly towards that. Our efforts go directly towards that. And we see a change every year. We do. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so what's your favorite refuge probably to hunt? <sighs> well... Don't let anybody know, but Howard's slow. <laughs> a lot of guys like Howard. It's a good one. Yeah, Howard's yeah. a really cool one. It's a laid-back place. Um, the check station people are really cool. The people who hunt it are very friendly. They're yeah. not the type of people that are snobby and stuck up. Like, if you hunt Dry Creek, you know, the guys who get the blinds out of Dry Creek. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I hunt Dry Creek. It's, yeah. You know, Howard's slow is not like that. They refill the blinds. Yeah. You know, the blinds are fairly well-maintained. Um, and the free realm up there is amazing. It's rice fields. Yeah. You know, the center body of Howard is rice fields. Yeah. And that's a very unique thing that's only limited to the Upper Butte Basin, uh, wildlife system. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Um, we start calling it the Howard Sleuth Commune after that description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, don't they also have a blind where you can do like a mentor blind? Like, you like a father son? They used to have something like that where you can only do like you and a junior or something. Oh, they do. They do have um, they do have the junior hunt zones, and that is on the south end of the refuge. They I think they have eight of them. Yeah. The junior hunt zones are down there. They um, but you can shoot with your kit too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's it a is, pretty it's, cool deal. It's a mentorship. Yeah. Line. That's exactly that's perfect example of what it is. Yeah. Um, and they actually shoot really well. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of the guys will put in for the lotto, and they'll be with their kids and. They'll draw like two or three. <laughs> but they'll go to the the blinds down there, and there are rice fields. They're 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 a sinking blind. I mean, really? Oh yeah, they have they have two three man tanks out there. Yeah, that's cool. And it's a really cool experience for the people who don't have the ability to pay twenty five hundred dollars for a seat in a blind. Is yeah, and you it, take your kid out there, show them how to do it. It's no, it's great. I tried to get on with Sharon when she was little. I never got drawn, but uh, yeah. Speaking of rice blinds probably inappropriate for me to say on the podcast but i'm gonna say it anyways don't let me forget to give you those blind covers before i leave <laughs> oh yeah yeah i can't forget that yeah where were they in your yard yeah i had them under something but i i'm just cleaning up the backyard my wife's been nagging me about it so i got room at the c- 
Casa La Crack. They're yours, anyways. <laughs> oh yeah, we weren't probably yeah. going to use them next year, huh? Uh, I think we, I think we, we will with the roll top you made. Uh, plus those, I think we because we have we're going to have five blinds. So, well, no, because we, we didn't. Yeah, we got our extra blind last year. Remember, we have we have an extra set now. Or do we have two extra sets? Because with the roll top, and then we're going to be down a blind this year, aren't we? Yeah. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to see deal. what I have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so what do you want to talk about now? We've got to ask this kid some good <laughs> questions. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just listening. This is, uh, I like that you, you hunt so many different types of stuff, and it's just, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, California has everything for waterfowl. I mean, he just described hunting floodwaters. Uh, hunting a lake, essentially. I mean, Thermalito is basically Absolutely. a big lake. Yeah. Um, you know, hunting refuges, rice. You ever hunt the rivers? Just um, like straight, like hunt out of a boat on the river? That's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, not out of a boat, but I've done it from the yeah. shore to do a nice merganser shoot. <laughs> you know, every, everybody's got to do it once. And I did it about four times last year. <laughs> Everyone has to do it once, so I did it four times. Yeah. The entire month of December. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Man, your fuel bill must be high. Gosh, it's miserable <laughs> driving around that floor. He's young. He doesn't have any bills. Yeah. Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, my I, I pay rent with my mom because she says, you're not going to college. Just pay rent. I'm like, all right, fine. Uh. So I pay rent. And then, um, yeah, my fuel bill is pretty high. It's about yeah. 800 bucks a month <laughs> driving around during yeah, duck season. Pretty high. Yeah, yeah I would think. Because, yeah, you live in Roseville and then coming all the way up here every weekend. Yep. And do you try to hunt Wednesdays too or are you usually stuck at work? It depends because uh, as a welder, I'm a I was a structural welder for a, long, for a year now, right out of high school. Um, it was uh, – a lot of it was, hey, hey bro, you got any work on, on Wednesdays? Oh, no, shop's kind of slow. All right, well, I'm going to be sick. All yeah. right, so yeah. I call out sick <laughs> on Wednesdays. I did that about probably six times throughout the year. So well, That's good. Yeah. You'll be able to get your hunting done. Yeah, and I did it for dove hunting too. Um, I mean, I took a couple of days off for dove hunting, but, uh, you know. Now, do you hunt? So you hunt multiple days. You don't just do opening day like most people. Yeah, you I don't do just opening day. You know, it, the, the cool thing is about dove hunting is everybody's like, oh, yeah, opening day is the only day you can shoot dove. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the best part about it. And then they all leave. Yeah. They all leave. Yeah. And then you, you don't have the people setting up tents on you. Yeah. I, mean, I had that out of Grey Lodge opening day last year. <laughs> and, uh, the, In the, the field or parking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, in the field. The, like a shade thing? Oh, yeah. It was a little half shade tent. I, I was set up on the check. I'm not going to lie. That, that sounds, no, that no, sounds no. awesome. You know what? It was cool. Because last year was hot as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the, the it, it actually frustrated me. And I don't know if these people are listening, but I'll tell them right now. Total BS how they did it. They drove out on an electric bike uh, carrying, carrying yeah. a flat of ammo with one kid. They carried a flat of ammo out. Wait, back. does that rule? It doesn't apply oh, for Dove. Yes, no. it does. Oh, does it does? It? Yeah. You can't drive any motorized anything oh, out there. It's but, the, but the ammo restriction doesn't oh, apply, Oh, no. The right? ammo yeah. restriction does All right. Not. I was about to be like, if you're yeah. like, it does, I'm like, mm. no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, well, I always follow that. But yeah, are those e-bikes not allowed on the refuges? Nope. No e-bikes allowed on the refuges. Gray Lodge is a pretty free roam place, but dude, that makes sense. Imagine if, if yeah, because that's what that. I love about the public. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's here, but you're gonna work for it. You're yeah. gonna walk two miles. You, These e-bikes e are crazy, dude. They go like thirty miles an hour. But that's what that's what blew me away was I was watching this lady, right? So she, there's a young kid. It was about fourteen year old. Drove a flat of ammo out, dropped it off at the end of the check where the fields were. Drove back, picked up all the tents, 
threw it in a little trailer <laughs> behind the bike, <laughs> drove it out. Bro, it's a homeless camp. <laughs> no, seriously. And then they walked out right behind us, and I'm sitting probably 30 yards over on this check on the corner of the safflower plot. And these people on the other safflower plot, they set up right here. I mean, 10 yards away. Really? Oh, yeah. And I look over at them. I'm like, hey, so uh, are we going to be pretty comfy here? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're okay. We're far enough away. I'm like, in your mind? Yeah. I'm like, I've been here for since the morning time. I'm like, I, I ain't going to let you guys just walk in on me like that. And, you know, I'm not a foul sport about it. I was like, you know what? You guys can shoot them. But when they start peppering us because they started shooting birds over in our field, yeah. I called the game warden on them. <laughs> I did. I'm like, I called the game warden on them, and I told them, like, I told the game warden, I'm like, listen, these guys are driving around an electric bike. It's not fair to the people who have to, one, walk or ride a normal bike, and two, they're, they set up way too close. And to be honest with you, dove hunting does not have a set boundary or distance because duck hunting it does right. yeah. and in the in the in the waterfowl hunting the rags, it's 60 yeah. yards yeah that is that is your effective range you have to be away from a person dove hunting doesn't and he told me he's like you know there's not really much i can do i told him to not ride the bike out so we're gonna leave it at that and he watched the shoot birds for the day but i mean it would look like a little homeless camp out there they had yeah. about six of those tents all all up and down the safflower plots that's crazy I mean, listen dude you gotta give me a ride back <laughs> well, <laughs> the least you could do is give me a ride yeah. back i told him that at the end of the day i was like hey listen i won't call the game warden on you again if uh <laughs> again right back <laughs> and let me sit under the shade for we five minutes out one one year in refuge they were working they were out there in the summer and they had a backhoe and the guy had loaded it up on a flatbed and uh he let us sit on the trailer. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and it was another hot day. We were like two miles back in. Yeah. It was like perfect, man. And we freaking got a ride back, and it, it was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. the last two seasons, uh, this John and I, we've we've said two things, and we haven't followed through on either one. We're going to this year. This year. We say we're going to hunt more than opening day. Okay. And, well, you did last year, but I didn't. But yeah. I got an invite to yeah, a, super, a private deals only reason but yeah. and then and the, so we say we're going to do that <laughs> and we say that yep. we're going to bring more water oh gosh so two years in a row we ran out of water i i this year i got a big old nalgene plus the yeti i'm bringing i'm bringing a shit ton so of water yeah you you're a yeti freak so you probably want one the yeti backpacks Oh, I see the cooler backpacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, a guy so, at work has one. So Old cousin Eddie's got one. It's pretty cool. Problem is, so, John can't take that to refuge. He'll bring beer out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He has yeah. no self-discipline. If you give him a cooler backpack, <laughs> so, gonna, the farmer's light's going to be out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's funny you say that because I I brought mine out last year and uh, you know I wear my vest walking out, but I've got my backpack on. I didn't realize that my brother took it out last time. And he had the little attachment on the side, the little little can holder on the side ah. of the backpack. There's a freaking Coors Light in there. <laughs> so when I got stopped by the game warden, the game warden's all like, what, what's in the cooler right there? I'm like, oh, just waters. Because like, I had it was filled to the brim yeah. with waters and ice. I yeah. was like, and I got my chair on my back. I looked like a little homeless guy walking yeah. out there. You know, refuge. Yeah. And he's all, what's in the can, the can, uh, can holder? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, honestly, I just grabbed this from my brother, and it was a Coors Light. And he was like, oh, well, you're not really supposed to have that. I'm like, well, popped it open, drained it out in front of them. I was like, sorry about that. I was like, Here, let me shotgun it real quick. <laughs> so we let you go on that. Yeah, he let me go on it. He wasn't, you know, and it's dove season. It's kind of a, 
Go do your own thing. Yeah, you can, they're, they can, they're pretty cool during dove season. Yeah, they're not they're not assholes like like during during duck season. Those the the, the game wardens really are on you. Because there's no there's there's a lot of value to waterfowl. Like they're it's valuable a, birds. The, yes. the governments there's and international treaties. They're, they're dealing with these knuckleheads day in and day out. Yeah, and, you know. But I, every time like I say we talk about this four on the show, when you're cool with them, they're cool. With they're them. cool with you. You know. Yeah. And you're not trying to hide anything from them. You know, I never had an issue. I, when they first started the lead ban thing, I got checked for lead a couple mm-hmm. times. Yeah, it's no big deal. You know, but that they're doing their job. Yeah. So we we luck out pretty well with game wardens. Yeah, I've never had an issue. Yeah. I mean, I've been checked before, but nothing, nothing major. Not hemmed up in any way. Just license. Do the little? Would they use a magnet or something? I can't remember. On yeah, they shelves. got a little thing that beeps if there's. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh. I guess it's a. I don't know. It must be a magnet. It, I've never had that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that wand, the birds. It's oh. a little wand thing. No, so see, I've had the I've had the tubes checked at, at the refuge. Oh yeah, I yeah, always I've check my that. tubes at the refuge. They've never. I've had it checked at Thermalito long time really? ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I I got strip searched out at Sutter last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear about that. TSA yeah. out there or what? Dude. You just earned your spot on the no, podcast today. So I'm serious. It was it was uh, opening day at Sutter. No, two years ago, not not last yeah, year. Yeah, they two weren't year. open till late. Yeah. yeah, two years ago out at Sutter, and they I got strip searched. Me and my buddy, we we drew number two at at Sutter. We had no clue what to take, and my uncle was being a jackass and wouldn't tell me what to take because he drew two. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, we're gonna screw it. We went to a, we went to a spot, got an assigned pond, and. Uh, I mean, we shot probably two of us. We shot six wood ducks, four specks, um, pair of mallards, and I think a couple of gadwall. And it was it was pretty all right. It was yeah. a good day. It was it was it was cool. Yeah. It was just awesome to be out at Sutter. On our way back, um, it was the first day that Sutter was open. So because it was flooded out, it went yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing flooded out. And uh, we were we were sitting on the levee watching. I mean, the wads of birds fly over right after shooting light, and we were just mind boggled. Yeah, because it went from light, seeing the birds, to dark and hearing the birds. Yeah. And it was the coolest experience. So we just sat there and kind of were sitting there in awe, you know. Yeah. And the refuge there doesn't close until like two and a half hours after because it's it's the bypass. So yeah. everybody's in and out of there all the time. So we just sat there and watched and we were just in awe, you know, enjoying the time being outside. And uh, it was a Saturday too. So they were open for draws on Sunday and. So we were walking our way back, and finally we made it out to the uh, the bend right before the parking lot. And sure enough, there was a federal game worn there and a state game worn there. Oh, the, fed, the feds, feds are out there, yeah. Yep. Well, and that's the thing is those are federal refuges, so yeah. the feds patrol them more. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they uh, they were like, so uh, what do you what were you doing sitting there for so long? You're ruffling around in your bags. What what were you doing? I'm all. Uh, watching the birds and grabbing my headlamp and my phone and he's all well we're just trying to check and see what you're doing he goes uh you got any extra shells on you i'm like no i'm like it's the end of the day i'm like i'm like i have two shells left i'm like if that really matters to you i'm like here and he goes all right well we're gonna have to get you and make sure you're all clean out of stuff so i emptied my pockets luckily it was still hot so i emptied my pockets took everything out He's all right. Um, need to check your boots for your waders. He did it to both of us. So he put out a little. He put out a little towel on the ground. We stepped out, shook out our waders, checked our pockets and our waders, checked our guns, tubes, chokes, you know, whatever, every, everything, trying to get us on something. Checked our licenses, got us down, and 
you know, I shoot a 20 gauge for hunting, so yeah. I don't, I shoot 20 gauge for everything. Hey and man, most ethical <laughs> shotgun there is. Yeah, and I, well, I told, I told the guy, I'm like, I'm like, to be honest with you, if I had extra shells, they're out there in the field. So if you want to go check, go walk out <laughs> to the pond. I'm like, you'll count. There's 23 shells sitting out there yeah. and I've got the last two right here. I'm like, I don't have the money to be blowing my heavy metals on extras in the field <laughs> yeah. and paying for a ta- ticket. So, yeah. But yeah, that was that was an interesting experience because it was such a memorable hunt, and that's really what um, what drives me for duck hunting is the memories. Oh yeah, yeah we 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 collect experiences doing this. Yeah, you know? I mean, getting strip search was definitely a memory because it was. Oh, a, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, like I'm gonna start going man. fully nude under my waders <laughs> every time I go to the refuge, just in case. Just yeah. in case. <laughs> You know, it wouldn't surprise It was really me. weird when the game warden <laughs> walked back and got in some janky Honda Civic and left. Oh, gosh. That set a bypass right there. Yeah. I'm undercover. <laughs> Take your clothes off, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so was that the... So there was a Fed and a state there? Yeah. So was the Fed kind of running the show or... Um, to be honest with you, no, they're kind of on the same agenda. The federal guy was kind of making sure that we were um, just following the federal rules for the refuge, uh-huh. which is making sure you had your hunt card on you, making sure you had the right tags and stuff. Um, the state guy was more checking our guns and um, doing making you get naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was interesting because I was 16 at the time, so I was right on the cusp of I can hunt by myself. Right. Yeah. I can sign myself on. And for federal, they had just, I think it was like three years ago that they changed it, that 16-year-olds can sign themselves on. Because uh, for a long time, they couldn't. Yeah. Under the federal. The state guys were like, yeah, sure, you can go do it. The yeah. state guys, were, or the federal guys were like, uh, you're not technically an adult. So I see. Mm. But yeah, it was definitely interesting. Um, interesting experience. I really haven't had too many issues with game wardens. I get checked a lot hunting out at the refuges. Yeah. But I don't have any issues with them. I think... Um, fishing i've had one experience with them out at Folsom lake um and up in the mountains i mean deer hunting shit i don't i don't deal with them at all i've ran into a couple deer hunting um never had any they i mean one guy just years ago he didn't even check our licenses or anything oh you know that's funny you said that so i did have an experience last year i was driving around my dad's can-am up there deer hunting you know, typical California road hunting at like yeah. Emigrant Gap yeah, or something. Yeah. And uh, we're driving in on the Can-Am and it's me, my brother, me, my brother and my dad. And uh, I was driving and uh, they had some dude pulled over in like a Honda Civic up in the mountains. <laughs> and it was a game one. Freaking dope. Girl. But they, they were giving the guy a ticket because the kid had his gun loaded in the car. Uh, and uh, he was pulling everybody over and his partner was checking everybody in like a little checkpoint. I mean... Oh, really? It was pretty comical to see about 15 cars go down and they get turned out at the log log turnaround because <laughs> they were still cutting. But that's just public land deer hunting up there. Is It's just a, it's see, just a road. I, I thought as long as you didn't have one in the chamber, you were okay. That's right? what it is. He, yeah. he, had it, he had it in the chamber. Yeah. You can keep you can keep it in the in the in the tube or in the mag. Yeah, or whatever the magazine or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I don't shoot rifles. Are you a friggin' hay bale killer too? Dude, I am totally a shotgun purist. Oh, oh, shotgun. oh, oh! So slugs with friggin' for deer? Oh, no, I'm not that good. I do shoot a rifle, but I shoot. I if I do it, I use a bow. Uh, I like, no. I like a bow killer. Yeah. Oh, so that's what you meant by see? Yeah. Over my head. Yeah, that's a derogatory thing to say. To and you fly fish? 
No. No. <laughs> okay. I'm saving myself a little bit. I attempt to. Uh, Andy gonna... shoots a 20 gauge. I'm seeing a pattern here. Oh, Not well. bad for a young guy. This yeah. is a lot of like humbling old man type behaviors. That's pretty I've cool. I've tried fly fishing. I do it up in uh, Tahoe every now and then. With my, I did it like two times last year up in Tahoe. Um, and I grab my fly rod if I'm ever going to like an alpine lake while I'm scouting for deer. Um, but conventional is really what I do. I catch a lot of trout out of Folsom Lake. Oh, yeah. From the shore. From the shore, though. That's cool. You've been fishing a lot this year? Um, Yeah, mainly for bass. I actually took a couple kids out. um, I say kids, but kids younger than me. They're still in high school. Took them out uh, two days ago out to Folsom, and one kid stuck a really nice three-and-a-half-pound largemouth and went and drop-shotted for some bass from some spots. Um, They're fun to catch. They're not, not crazy big out of Folsom, but... They're fun to catch out there. So yeah. Went drop well, that's plenty of water this year, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the fishing's been off the hook. Yeah. I mean, quite literally. I mean, yeah. I can't even tell you how many fish we lost, but it was fun going out there. That's cool. You were fishing today, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. So right before this, uh, my buddy um, is farming out at uh, uh, right next to the bypass. He's got uh, the, his family acquired a new piece of property, and I was throwing my frog around in the ditch trying to catch, wow. a, trying to catch a largemouth. But yeah. Um, I rode around with him in the tractor for a little bit and hung out and had some fun, just well, talking cool. talking it up, trying to talk about um, how they wanted to plan out the uh, hunting on the property because uh, they just acquired the property this year. So oh, that's cool. Trying to talk about, because um, it's right on the north end, um, probably four clubs up from the Chesapeake on the other side. Oh, so, on the other side of the bypass? Yeah, on the other side of the bypass. Okay. So Chesapeake's okay. right here. So it's on the other side of the... Wait, for going south or north? North. Oh, okay. Yeah, so towards Yuba City then. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's towards Yuba City on the other side. That probably could be a good area. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen a lot of geese out there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it, that's what I was talking about. There's a lot of east-west checks there. Um, half the property is east-west checks. Half of them are north-south checks. Uh, so it's gonna be kind of cool setup, seeing how they want to set it up and if they want to. Do you, Do you have a preference on checks? I do. I like north-south checks. Well, same here. Do you? Yeah. I, w- our, our, I guess ours are all east-west. Yeah. I, I mean, like that's east-west. what I meant. I, I like, like east-west. North, 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 I mean, south. I, I yeah. don't like because yeah. they come in on the side. Yeah, the way they fly. Yeah, uh, then we can we hunt the wing. We either have a north wind or a south wind, pretty much. Mm. You know, it swirls a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I like so the east-west. I meant to, yeah, I meant looking wise, but yeah, I guess preference. I like the east-west. Too. I like north-south checks, um, right. just for shooting geese because when they set when geese set up in a north-south check, they set up all on one side. Usually you won't have a set of geese that'll fly right up the check. They'll usually go to one yeah. side towards the open water, and then you can kind of turn them to get them to come in and kind of square up to you. Makes sense. But, I, I mean, that's just, I've always hunted north-south checks, too, hunting in Sankey. A lot of the places around there. Oh, you hunted out there. Wow. Yeah. We, I, that's where I uh, did started rice field hunting out there, mm-hmm. was off of, off of Sankey. Yeah. You know where the silos are. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, 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 you know, hunting out there, a lot of those clubs out there and a lot of the rice fields out there are north-south checks. Yeah. Really? I wonder if it's the same place. Might be, yeah. Uh, these were east-west, but but I know he's, there are. Yeah. Because uh, I, th- I did have a blind that was a little south, just a little bit south of there, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was it was north-south. Yeah. It was a little two-man. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see the blind. I miss anymore. those, man. I was just talking to old man Bert today. You know, my old buddy about it, and, you know, he grew up in Grimes hunting, you know, in the mm-hmm. 50s and shit. And yeah. 
They were all two, man. They were talking days like, ah, I hunted a couple four, man, but I never hunted with four guys. That's too damn many, you know. Yeah, well, that's the same thing is uh, when I hunt, I hunt with two guys. Yeah. I, I mean, it's two guys, maybe three if we really wanted to go crazy because too many people, I mean. There's just not enough birds for it, four it guys. Really de- you know? It really it depends. depends, right? So, because I was thinking about this, I've had some pretty fun four-man hunts, but not a lot of four-man limits. No. Some, yeah. definitely some. And that's okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't mind. Situation. It, it depends on if it's a social hunt or or if you're really after the birds. There's yeah. a couple times where we just have like, especially with wives. I yeah. don't know if you like. I've I've done that with a, a buddy in our club where him and I have brought our wives out and we have the you know a couple hunt. That's kind of well, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I did I did a hunt with my girlfriend last year. She shot her first speck out at Howard. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I got a, I got a speck. Well, let's rewind this a little bit. I took her out to Yano Seiko and I had a speck land for her. And I told her to smack it. I'm like, you know what? Sitting right there on the ground, shoot it. Shoots it. It gets up and it cripples out into the closed zone. I was like, oh, uh-huh. I was like, well, she hit it. She hit it. She. I remember I watched it. It got hit. I don't know how it got off, but it was a really nice tar belly. Next one out at Howard blew me away. We were watching um, the first birds that came in were all sprig, and um, watch them come in. I'm sh- watching them through binos, you know, looking for cool stuff on them and. First bird comes in, takes a nice spin around my backside, and I pull up and whack, shoot it. My puppy's first hunt. Ah, cool. And she takes off after it. <laughs> and my girlfriend was trying to get her gun up, and she couldn't get her gun up in time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to shoot it. Whack, <laughs> shot it. Puppy takes off, and she's pawing at the foot. She's pawing at the foot. It was tripping me out. My girlfriend's got it all on video. Dog's pawing at the foot and runs back to me. I'm like, oh, what the hell, right? So I walk out there, and she runs back to it. I have her mark, go back to it. She paws at the foot again. I go up to it. It's banded sprig. So you're kidding. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool. It was man. weird. I, I, I have the I have the whole thing on video. I think you might have put it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I saw. I remember that. And it was the same day that my girlfriend shot her first spec, and it was really cool because I mean it blew me away because I saw her shoot at a couple sprig, and she was a little bit behind them. I was like, all right, just get in front of the birds a little bit, you know. And then this spec comes in. I mean, right it's on a north south check, right up the check, and it's and I'm watching it. And it slows down, stops its wings, starts coming in. It's about 25 yards up. And I tell her, hey, pull up and shoot it. She gets her gun up, whack, shoots it the first time, hits it straight in the chest. I'm like, oh, shoot it again, <laughs> right? And she's shooting my 20 gauge at yeah. the time. Whack, shoots it again and breaks a wing and it folds up and hits the ground. <laughs> oh, I was ecstatic. I watched, I, I, she was damn near in tears. Oh, that's so our, awesome. our puppy went out and grabbed it, brought it back. I mean, Took some pictures in the water with it. She had a big smile in her face, and puppy was happy running back with it. So, so now does anybody in her family hunt at all, or was this? Are you the one that introduced her to hunting? I'm the one who introduced her to hunting. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, that we're gaining hunters by that. That's yeah. awesome. You know? Well, I take I take junior kids hunting for the yeah. last two years. I've taken junior kids hunting um, for the early season hunt up in September. Do you shave season. your mustache off before you do that, or not? No, I still look like a sex. <laughs> But luckily, I take out family friends, kid, like family good. friends, That's kids. Good. So they know I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, I like getting kids into hunting because you know, can't. I and I I'm young, so it, it's nice being able to relate to kids my age because you can kind of have a conversation with them and yeah. get them in and spark their interest into it, knowing it's not just 
some old dude sitting out yeah, there. Yeah, right? I mean, you're an easygoing guy. I seem to talk to you. You take me, crumb, crusty guy out there. Hey, kid, shut up. You know, I mean, right. yeah, I can definitely see that. It's a good you thing. You know, and we drive up. We're listening to music. We listen to rap music driving up and have some fun. And oh, so does John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He loves mumble rap. Are you familiar <laughs> with that genre? Huge no. fan. <laughs> what, is it Lil, Lil Yachty or something? I don't yeah. know. Any, I just know the cadence <laughs> he just of it loves drives him. me insane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, John, John spitting bars on the way to the duck line. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's funny because like sometimes if this hunting gets slow in the rice blinds, or we go hunting and it gets slow up there for the junior kids, I'll put on some music and it keeps their interest. And they sometimes I'll you know I mean honestly what I do most of the times I make the kids pack out decoys, I make them bring their shells, I make them bring their guns. What I bring is I bring water, I bring snacks. And I ring music. Now, is this refuge hunting? Yeah, this is refuge hunting yeah, for he, early you know, he's, you know he's trying to get on the refuge with these juniors hunting. That's all he's done. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, 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 in all honesty, it, for, for you know, I say younger kids, but they're 15, 16. Yeah. Even that, just trying to keep their interest in it when it gets slow, you know, they're like, oh, oh I want to yeah. go back and take a nap. Right. Like, take yeah. a nap in the toolies. Yeah. Like, Go sit down and go take a nap no, in the police. That's good because, yeah, you lose interest, and that's smart. That's it, a good way to, to go about it. It's it's hard to keep their interest sometimes because a lot of the kids, uh, especially with technology nowadays, are such a instant gratification. Oh, you know, yeah. everybody's on TikTok. They're always seeing instant gratification. Their dopamine's always going in their brain. And, uh, you know, hunting's not like that. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, I saw something recently. I guess kids like can't even watch movies now. Like the attention, Just they don't have an attention. Yeah, they can't watch like an hour and a half movie. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, because it, it's you know it, I deleted TikTok off my phone. I deleted. I, I don't even watch Instagram Reels usually. You know, it's, my, yeah, it's my, a horrible thing to get. But it's on. a it's a dopamine rush twenty four seven. It's instant gratification, and uh, I find myself after I deleted it, finding myself spend so much more time outside, enjoying the things I see, taking time looking at you know the little things you know that people look miss out on of. You know, walking up onto a big bowl out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, half of it being a burn zone and seeing granite rock faces and the other side seeing brand new life sprout up. You know, that's cool stuff. Yeah, but and a lot of people just walk by. This right. and they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, cool, look at some burned trees. Yeah. But they yeah. don't look at the new vegetation that's growing up that is prime habitat for deer. Yeah. You know, I was just just yesterday I did a six and a half mile hike up in, uh, up in uh, Strawberry. Oh, yeah. cool. You know, and... Um, we saw we saw a deer and saw a couple alpine lakes, saw frogs and stuff that I haven't seen a burrowing frog in how many like my whole entire life. That's awesome. Man. So you know, seeing that stuff and uh, and taking time to look at the details, kids miss out on. Yeah. Because um, it's seriously something that TikTok is TikTok and all the social media platforms is ruined because instant gratification, instant yep. gratification. Oh. Yeah, you've been you've been looking at this. You have this many likes. You have this, and that's yeah. And you're kind of judging your self worth by oh, I only had this many likes. I must be a dirt. Well, you used to have to compare yourself to basically kids in your neighborhood. Now you're comparing yourself to the, the whole world. world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're comparing yourself to like the Instagram sales reps that are that are you know 18 years old that are selling Benelli shotguns. Yeah, the guys that are selling Sitka gear. Yeah, and you want to be those top people, but. Some people really have to humble themselves, and you know that's not for everybody. That yeah. that that rock star life isn't for everybody. And a lot of it's so fake too. I'm not saying they're all fake, but Absolutely. a lot of, a lot of so it's all fake. posturing. Yeah. Well, and like a lot of guys are like, "Oh yeah, I killed this many ducks this year." You're like, 
yeah, but how big was your guide bill this year? Yeah, yeah. Like, like your guide bill must have been really nice this year. Like, you must have been spending at least ten grand on guide services this year. And you know, I don't have anything against guided guided hunting, but oh, yeah, no. there's definitely no, a place for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a time and a place for it, and yep. people make their living off of it. Oh, yeah. But if you do all year round as guided hunting and boast about it online, like a lot of people do. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. You got somebody doing all the work for you. Literally, the calling. You know, you're getting a ride out to the blind. You know, you've got tracks on the side by side, drop you off. Yeah, I, that's not nearly the same as this kid running out there in the middle of the night doing yeah, it all no. himself. You know? I, I do think, though, for a lot of guys, because um, I kind of have a, I don't know, you could call it soft position for on, on guides but for, or favorable position. Mm-hmm. I think if you're like, for, let's say you're like 40, you want to get into this. Guiding like you, is don't, you don't have time to figure all this out. No. Like I tell everyone who's like, oh, I really want to get into duck hunting. I'm like, well. Pay for a guided trip. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, take, I'm like, honestly, what? They're like 250 200 a pop. I'm like, pay for a couple of those. See if you like it. Yeah, it's a good yeah, way. Yeah, see, see if you like it. And if you can't spend six, seven, eight hundred dollars on it, well, it's not for you anyway. for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and saying stuff like that is really important because you don't want to discourage a lot of people because a lot of people do dis- get discouraged coming into uh, um, waterfowl hunting specifically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to figure out. A ton. You know, oh, yeah. you have to you have to deal with atmospheric pressure of birds, you know, moon cycles. Yeah. You know, a lot of people take that stuff for granted. They're like, oh, it's a full moon out. Wow, oh, we're just going to go bang them. They're in there yesterday. Those birds aren't oh, going to be there in the yeah. morning, you know. No. What was yesterday is it not what's today? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and and people people take that for granted because as a guide, you take all that stuff into oh, account. Yeah. The, you know, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna hunt today. You know, I I know you planned a trip. Let me get you on next week when I know the birds are going to be there. Right. Yeah, moving around like the guys in Washington moved us around yeah. depending on weather because yeah. of that. A lot of people get frustrated by it. And it's like, well, this isn't a, a light switch thing. You know right. what I mean? That there's so many variables and you can't predict. Well, that's what makes it exciting though. Oh yeah. Yeah. If it was yeah. just go out and shoot the same, you know, seven birds Target every day, shooting. it'd be no fun. Yeah. You know? Well, and then that's the cool thing is, is, you know, you're talking about shooting the same seven birds is, you know, <sighs> A lot of people surround themselves with the duck snobs up in the butte sink. And that's the <laughs> right. craziest thing to me is the last three years, I tried to be a duck snob. I tried. I tried and I tried and I tried. I tried to be the guy that shot, you know, seven mallards every single day, six mallards in a bull sprig. And is this before the merganser hunting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know what I realized? Once I got my puppy, that dog can't tell the damn difference between a duck. You, no. That dog picks up a spoonie. Okay, maybe a merganser is a little bit different, but <laughs> the merganser bit my dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Merganser might be a little bit different because I wouldn't even want her picking up that fish. But, um, but like a dog can't tell the difference between a spoonbill and a mallard. Yeah. They bring it back and they got it. their tails wagging. They're happy to make you happy. So I started shooting everything towards the end of the season. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was cool to pull my trigger and watch a bird fall. And oh yeah, my dog was happy. But well, I mean, that's why this podcast named The Filthy Spoon. We shoot the hell out of spoonies. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we didn't, we'd have a lot less ducks. Oh, <laughs> man. Some days we'd have one or yeah. none. Yeah. You know. Well, it's the sprig this year were wild. You know, some days you'd have them all in your face, and the next day would be gone. We talked about that. We Our sprig weren't like years past uh, had a couple year. Had a couple days that they were all they on were, top of you. They were. Yeah, like, just like he said. But then The stupid things when you take like a 40-yard shot like five minutes after shoot time. <laughs> And then later in the day, you have the 
the California waterfowl yeah, symbol hovering be, above you yes, at 15 yes. yards. Yeah. Well, they like, knew. Why did I do that? So it's funny. That day that I shot that banded sprig, it was like that. It was, I, I mean, I'll show you guys videos after this of, I mean, the birds were just coming in left and right. And you're watching these birds come up the check on a north-south, just ride on the check. After I shot that one, I mean, I couldn't have put a bird in a better spot for my girlfriend <laughs> to shoot it. I mean, these when it's like, like that, it's so awesome. It's, <laughs> you can't ever replace those moments of no. watching a sprig. You know, you, you shoot, you'll shoot seven, eight hundred of them in your lifetime, but watching every single sprig, they're all unique. They're all like, you know, they're they're our state bird. That's, yeah. Everybody knows California has sprig. Yep. But they're all unique in the sense of none of them work the same. Yeah, you'll look at one sprig; they'll do some weird stuff. Yeah. The next one will fly like a normal bird. I mean, sometimes you'll see a sprig with no no pin on it, and yeah. you'll be like, "Oh, is that a gadwall?" Like yeah. I've done it before, where I'm like, "Is that a gadwall?" Like, "Oh, wait, no." You can see the wings, you know. Yeah, it, some of them get shot off or something. I think you know people shooting behind them. Yeah. What well, did that? What that Logan kid? Um, he said he shot a double sprigged one last year, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Those happen. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Com- that's pretty common. I, I've never shot one, but that's well, pretty cool. They got they got two feathers on the back of the butt. Yeah. They, they, when you pull when you pull a sprig pin out, there's two feathers back there. Yeah, I see. There's one right there. Yeah, yeah. See exactly. Yeah. Do you to, see how it's got two of them on there? Yeah. To be honest with you, most of the time we have to we have to kind of just give John a couple birds when we go hunting with. Oh, here you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have. Hey, been good job. <laughs> Oh, thanks uh, a lot for helping me out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, there was it, only one day last year that you were hurt in the first, morning, the first half. Yeah, one first morning. Half. I redeemed myself. But I had that with you when we were hunting out at Robbins that yeah, one day. Dude, I, I couldn't hit anything. I don't even know happens. if I hit a bird. I still blame it on that. I bought a Yeti sweatshirt. And it was like a terry towel. And it, I had 20 yes. pounds of weight water in it. Yeah, we'll get that you a sick jacket. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know. With your camo pattern. Yeah, this thing soaked through pretty good on me that day. My prized wax cotton coat. I see Shin makes a wax cotton coat yep. now. Yep, they do. You know, it's funny because a lot of the old gear is getting back to uh, oh, yeah. getting back popular because people realize, you know, a lot of this shit's a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it a lot a lot of it is the popularity on Instagram where yeah. they're like, Yeah, this is the most badass gear put out and then you, you get it out in the field and you're like, This shit sucks. Yes. There is no place in a duck hunting field for down gear. Like <laughs> you're telling me that in, in a in a duck hunting field you're gonna want a down jacket that is gonna collect all the water, it's gonna be hot as shit. <laughs> And you're going to be especially in this part of the world. Yeah, yeah. you're mo- you're not moving around with a down jacket sitting in a rice field. Yeah, you know no. you're sitting there. It's going to be cold. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've hunted in a down jacket duck hunting, but when you're hunting out of the refuge, it's a whole different thing than hunting out in a rice field. Yeah. And for the majority of people who hunt on a, on in rice fields, they'll buy Sitka gear and they want to be comfy out there. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, a lot of this stuff's a gimmick. And yeah. It's it's all about. The hunting industry is really about buy, 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 buy. Oh yeah, and it, it, it's it's a great market. Don't get me wrong; anybody can get into this market and sell stuff because we're the gadgets. stupidest people. Yeah. We'll pay we'll pay the stupidest well, we, money for the stupidest. <laughs> we stuff. talk about that all the time. We yeah. need to invent something for duck hunting. You'll yeah. make a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you th- think of all the gadgets, the, all the million things that attract ducks you know this not just the spinning wings but the all spitters the, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the, the ripple ducks yeah. or the the motion duck stuff like i really like the motion duck stuff because yeah. when i hunt the refuge i bring three decoys out 
even hunt, even hunting like Howard Slew out on the out in the rice fields and stuff. Dude, I bring like three decoys out. I'm the same way. I'm super minimalist when I go out. I don't think that packing dozens of them does you any good out there. No. I just don't. There's no point to pack five dozen decoys out to hunt with two guys. I yeah. think that is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Because there is no point for you to pack five dozen decoys back in your jet sled with your little baby stroller to shoot two gadwall. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's basically what's going to happen a lot of the time. Because, yeah. because the birds see this five dozen decoys and people are like oh yeah i can throw fillers in there it, they won't notice but no these birds are on the refuge they're being highly observant you're throwing decoys in a spot they were sitting yesterday they're gonna know yeah you have to use good decoys you have to use the correct decoys for the habitat you're in and that's a thing a lot of people mistake on is they're like oh yeah well i threw my seven or my my five dozen mallards out yeah, and yeah. and the the birds didn't come in yeah. well you're hunting an open water yeah, field yeah. and all the habitat around you isn't is like toolies yeah you know you're not in you're not in a closed condensed toolie patch with barnyard grass and a lot of people mistake on that when they're hunting the refuge system because they just think it's a uh, oh yeah the birds are always there yeah no you kind of got to use your brain if you're yeah you're still hunting yeah (laughs) yeah i got a car i don't go to the refuge much but i got a bunch on texas rigs i got some wood ducks i got some teal Mm -hmm. gavol some sprig i don't bring a lot of sprig to the refuge because i I don't tend to shoot a lot of them there just because i'm usually in a tule hole or something but Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i'll bring like you say i'll bring three or six well, I'll bring my – I have, a like, a tangle-free backpack kind of thing, and I'll have my 12 decoys in there, but I'll only throw out my pair of mallards, yeah. a sprig, and then maybe my two specks. Yeah. And in reality, half the time I don't even throw out the specks unless I see a speck in the sky. Yeah. Because if I'm going for ducks, I'm going for ducks. If I'm shooting specks, I'm going to a completely different side of the refuge. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, goose hunting on the refuge is another thing that's crazy. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what, do you blow up a spec call? Yeah. What do you use? Um, I got a couple. Um, I bought uh, last, well, no, this summer actually, um, a guy by the name of Colby Stitwell was selling um, a couple PS Olts. I think he's still making them. Uh, PS Olt, uh, I think they're crow calls. Um, no, coyote calls. Uh, the PS Olt coyote calls. Then you tune them in as spec calls. Um, I really? Got, yeah, they sound awesome. He's a, he's a world champion spec caller. Yeah. He's right here in, uh, in Winners, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, he won the world li- the world spec I think last year I think or the, I'm not sure if that was Bronson but one of those guys did it and they both can blow a spec call crazy good but um, the one that sits on my lanyard is a Redbone. Um, yeah, Redbone makes good stuff. Yeah, Redbone. I have a Ricelin. I have a Vendetta. I have a Layers. I have pretty much every. It's like a sad duck. Yeah. Bye 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 bye. Yeah, I mean I have I have everything but the Redbone sits on my lanyard most of the time. Well, I don't know if you caught our, our episode with uh, with Brad from Willow Creek Custom Calls, but he he designed his spec calls specifically for Marsh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked to try that out. A lot yeah, of season. Been practicing it. Yeah. A lot of guy. A lot of guys don't realize that some spec calls really aren't meant for open water. Right. Like I mean, there are spec calls that are quieter for the marsh because specs aren't loud in the marsh. When right. Sitting yeah. in a hole, they're not loud. They're really soft. It's yeah. a trip when they come into the marsh because it's so yeah. different than the than like a big open yeah. rice field yep. or dry field even where they come in and 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 kind of do that. I don't know, kind of long ascent 
They'll yeah. just kind of elevate her in that marsh. Yeah. Yep. They go they go from 40 to 10 real yeah. quick in a marsh. You know, a rice field, they'll do a couple of helicopter laps, right. and then they'll slowly make it down. But in a marsh, I mean, it's really like... Because I never targeted geese at the refuge. I would been right at the end of the shoot time. You know, I always loved it. You, you'll get a, like a speck coming over at five minutes left or something like that. But it was never targeted, and it was just opportunity, you know? Oh, no, it's it's cool targeting at the yeah. refuge. I did, yeah. I did a dry creek I hunted probably a five days straight after i got i got into a car accident and five days after that my buddies were driving me up hunting because i didn't have a car yeah and uh i was shooting limits of specs every single day out of dry creek really oh yeah yeah i walked i walked back to the check every single day with 10 specs and were you just lottoing to get on walking in on the afternoon really yeah afternoon hunts are very underrated highly underrated because a lot of people don't take the time to understand the refuge because in the afternoons you get a whole different view of the refuge you know the refuge is no longer a um yeah. see i told that's you that's what he's telling us about the, yeah the earth colored yeah they just released it laverne damn dogs barking so <laughs> yeah the, the the you get a whole different view in the afternoon in the refuge i mean the, the refuge is a whole different beast in the afternoon especially a sunday afternoon sunday everybody after- goes home they're burn out from the weekend watching football whatever and there's you know everything's you know. open yeah everything's open yeah did that at dry, out at dry creek this year too where they um we did uh an afternoon widgeon shoot and uh we went out there at like 12 and we shot two euros that day really and a whole three-man limit of widgeon <laughs> that's yeah. awesome man. it was but it was on a sunday afternoon yeah and nobody's out there our favorite holes open and we're sitting there and okay well the birds are still here you know you know that's my Sunday afternoons my ticket. Oh, oh I yeah. know it. Yeah, I'll sleep in. Yep. Well, we gotta as long as no. Well, our deal is it. We can't have anybody hunt the morning. Yeah. If nobody hunts our spot Sunday morning, it's, it's Sunday afternoons on. Yeah. yeah. I like I like doing. You shouldn't it. be saying that on here. How many people on the from the club listen? Well, they can they can most of the time I'm out there by myself. So. Yeah. You know? Why well, everybody gets busy on Sunday? Yeah. Afternoon. Yeah. Most yeah. people's wives. I did I did quite a few Sunday afternoons this year too. Well, sorry. Dude. Most of our married dudes, their wives are yeah, making they're them. too whooped to yeah. be able to hunt Sunday afternoon. You better be here Sunday yeah. afternoon. We have a birthday party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's yeah. one guy I know. Yeah, why would like you be born in the fall? A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or have your party in the spring, you weirdos. What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Exactly. You know what season <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is a lot of people really find themselves saying, Saturdays and Wednesdays are the days. Saturdays and Wednesdays are the days because they're the first days the refuge is oh, open. Oh, there's a lot of truth to that. And there is. The numbers say. For the numbers, yes. But for the people who know how to put the work in on a refuge, they could be the greatest thing ever. You don't have to pay for a marsh club. You just walk out there and pay 230 bucks. Like Tuesday night at a refuge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See? You got the right idea there. About 10 p.m. Well, you're right. Because I I worked swing for years ago when I Mm. only went to the refuge. And I worked swing shift. So I didn't get off Friday morning till or Saturday morning till six thirty. Right. So I couldn't hunt. I could only hunt Sundays, mm. and I still got plenty of birds. Yeah, mm, but you know, and it was a little less crowded. You know, people take for granted bringing binoculars out hunting oh, yeah. waterfowl because a lot of people are the thing of well, if I don't see the birds flying, then uh, they're not there. Well, if you open your damn eyes, you take a pair of binos out, yeah. you can see every single bird flying. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't see that tree patch over, but if you take your binos out, you know, and this is, this is 
really for the majority of people, I shouldn't be saying this because then we're going to have more people out on Sundays. And, but we're all out there to have fun and hunt. And if you want to put well, the hardcore guys are anyway, the yeah, guys yeah. that are too lazy or too whooped, they're not going to be out there. They're paying Sundays. for guided trips. Yeah. Or <laughs> they're not going to be out there on Sunday. You know what I mean? No. So, yeah. I think that's good. It, you, don't, you know, that's. Obviously, you don't spot burn, but, I mean, there's no secrets. I mean, right. people have been doing this for hundreds of years, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about anything that, you know. Yeah, we're not talking about go to this parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, what are we, oh, there's a refuge. Yes. Yeah, everyone, oh, yeah, you look online, there, you can see where all the refuges are. We're not talking about yeah, spots Yeah, the numbers are, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. numbers are Posted there. online now. The numbers yeah. are posted online. The results are posted online. We do need you to give us GPS coordinates <laughs> before you leave. Though. Yeah, let me, uh, <laughs> you guys, how much, how much does uh, check check yeah, okay. let's write a check for that yeah. no um but seriously i mean it, people take for granted taking the time and scouting birds because it, it just because we're out hunting waterfowl doesn't mean you should take the time to doesn't mean you shouldn't take the time to scout for it because it's like a, you're still chasing a wild animal well, now on the public ground for sure. I mean, us, we can scout all we I want. Sc- well, they're at the neighbor's place, and we can't hunt there. <laughs> I yeah. still do it, though. I like, you know, to, I like, I like to, to see where they're at. at. Yeah. yeah. Man, we have to. Yeah, we hunt a kind of unique situation the way we do. We don't have a traditional club. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple different properties in different locations. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that because sometimes one place will be on fire and the other place ain't, and yeah. vice versa. And you know, everybody's so slow to respond to it that, like, oh, this is on fire over here. So they're all over there, and it's like, I went over there. Their, their ducks ain't there no more. Yeah. And, I, of course, I kind of keep that to myself, and I go to the other spot. And, oh, yeah, we did good over there. Yeah. Well, it, that's that's the thing, like, because uh, hunting dry fields, too, here. It's it's a big thing for a lot of people who hunt, who have dry field leases here, or they knock on doors to get permission, is... They're like, oh, yeah, we have a dry field. We're just going to go hunt it. You know, well, those dry fields don't hold birds all year round here. You know, yeah. the, the dry fields hold birds in the early season, the late season, and in the mid season, depending on what food was on that dry field. You know, yeah. a cattle pasture in the late season is going to have more birds on it than in the early season because the early season, the birds are everywhere. The geese yeah, are, and they're the, in fresh cut they're fields. They're in fresh cut rice whatever. fields. Yeah, and then, and you know, the, you got some, you know, weather and to get a little bit of green on the. Yeah. A pasture on the toe on the toe water you'll get uh, in the middle of the season they'll be on toe water and then towards the end of the season they want to be on green and that's mm-hmm. usually the case for most times but sometimes middle of the season they'll get yeah. on the green but and uh, people mistake dry dry field hunting in California as horrible it's hard to find permission here and permission 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 I mean that's the yeah. case for everything access access yeah yep. access is down to access access yeah. well those guys that hunt by us. What are those Wild West guys? Yeah, they've they've kind of come out of nowhere, and it looks yeah. like they're smacking them. I, they hunt dry fields by down by where I, I need, set up. I need to them. hit them up, to be honest with you. I, I know I know one of the guys. I actually just talked to one of really? the guys that guides for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they do they do a lot of spec hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, I want to I want to hit them up for like the maybe try to see if they do late season. Yeah, they oh. I, they I think they do. Um, another guy that does late season guiding down here is uh, Geese Freaks Bryson Welsh. Yeah. Bryson does good work too. I think we follow, I think follow him and he follows us. If I or oh, my personal page, yeah. one of those Wild West guys, yeah. I followed. I talked to him a little bit. I think on there, but uh, well, yeah. that's yeah. I mean, I would. They're from the Bay or something, aren't they? Wild West is, yeah. is they are from the Bay because I, I just went to a trap shoot with them. Oh, um, at the Martinez Martinez Gun Club Firecracker Four Hundred. Ah, one of the guys. I think I'm ninety nine percent sure he guides for Wild West. I um, see. He's a really cool guy. 
It's weird. One of the places we uh, we hunt where we have blinds, the geese are awesome in the first part of the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's insane. But yeah. late season, they're gone. Gone. Yep. Gone. Yeah, because they eat, they, they, yeah. in the moonlight, they eat it all out. That's exactly yeah. what happens. Yep. Yeah. It's what happens. But I mean, you we'll got to get on yeah. good. Yeah. You got to, you know, a lot of guys mistake. They're like, oh, well, I don't have floater decoys. You don't need floater decoys. Just get longer stakes. Throw your full bodies out there. Call yeah. good. Yeah. You know, or socks. A lot of people yeah. screw up on socks. They, a lot of people throw socks, but they don't know how to throw socks. You know, they throw, oh, yeah, we're going to throw it all on top of the blind to cover us up. Oh, sometimes that's not really the case. Sometimes you want to throw the, the socks 50 yards away from you. Yeah. So when they're coming right over top. You're getting them on the swing. Yeah, yeah. you get them on the swing, and yeah. they're right over top of you. And they yeah. don't even know. They don't yeah. even notice they're you're there because they're looking at, at the de- yeah. they're looking at the socks. Yeah. So, and it all depends uh, really on the times of the year of when you're targeting birds because people target birds half a day too late. That or sure a day seems late. that way. Day too yeah. late. They're, they're, but it's because people don't pay attention to the, to the cycle changes yeah. and, and the weather and, you know, atmospheric pressure, as dumb and nerdy as that sounds, it's a big thing for oh, birds I because it. it's a big thing for birds because birds really are affected by that. Yeah. They're constantly in the air. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're affected yeah. by pressure in the air. Yeah. They don't fly high in high pressures. Yeah. And they can't. So. Well, this has been a pretty good one, huh, Robert? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I need to start making some calls and getting a hold of people. I want to do it. I want to hunt the late, late goose this year. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I've done it. Yeah, I, I think we should put the effort in, too. It's been a few years since I've done it, too. And late, late plus, there's this dude. Uh, he doesn't listen to podcasts, so I don't think this will spoil it. But uh, this guy that lets us hunt his club for the veterans, uh, I want to see if he wants to go out and do a late goose, too. You know, just as a thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That would be a good idea. You always got to make sure that you, you know, even if, if it's not a gift or something, people, I've met a lot of cool, we've talked about this before, but there's so many cool people out there that, you know, are generous and hook, you know, they really are just nice people. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be that person that, oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, and then leave never do yeah, shit yeah. for yeah. Well, it's like the thing, don't bite the hand that feeds you. You, yeah. know, you don't yeah. want to be an asshole to somebody yeah. who just who just allowed you to hunt their property yeah. because they they don't have to let you hunt that no, property. No, you, you want to take care of those people, you know, just a nice gesture of even as an 18-year-old, you know, going and asking somebody, hey, can you get me a case of beer so I can give it to this farmer? Yeah. You know, thanks. Thank you for allowing me to hunt your property. Or, yeah. 50 bucks or cleaning up the property and not destroying the property that you're that's hunting. That's a huge deal. And you that's, leave it better than you found leave it you be- sure. leave, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, dry field hunting, that's especially the case because as hay farmers, a lot of guys who farm hay, they don't want to be wrapping up duck duck loads in, yeah. in their field. You yeah, know? yeah. That's, that won't be good for them. So <laughs> yeah. cleaning up your loads and your holes is a really important thing that a lot of people overlook. Because for public land guys, you know, you shoot so many shells a year if you're a hardcore guy. You're kind of, sometimes people just. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a guy who will remain unnamed in our club that he came from public land. And I think we were probably the first rice he, he was a member, uh, of. member of. And, dude, he left all of his shells. He all thought of his that's shells. what you did. Yeah, he just thought. And I'm like, I, I was like, hey, man. Uh, you know, or I think it was there. My, our, our partner, but he, he called and called me, you know, you trashed the blind or whatever. And he's like, what? Like he, he didn't understand. Like literally, yeah, he wasn't. You understand somebody has got to pick this shit up. Yeah. It's like, dude, we don't just leave this out here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and for people who hunt public land, you know, if you're, if you're doing it alone, you don't have guidance. It's really a roughing it thing because 
public land hunting isn't a it's not for everybody you know there's not a lot of guys that want to go out like you're saying the 40 year olds that right. you know you don't see a lot of 40 year old guys going out there on bikes or running no. past the 15 the 15 and 16 year old guys that are sent <laughs> as runners no. yeah not me you're gonna uh, beat me every time yeah, dude, let me tell you some days. but i had a 60 year old guy trying to keep up with me last time i was out at dry creek and i looked at him i'm like listen man mm. i think you're gonna get a little winded where are you trying to go <laughs> like I, I worked with him because you know like i said you want to work with everybody yeah. treat, treat everybody with respect and that name even if you don't hear at that time you'll create a name for yourself for the refuge if you show up every single every single weekend you'll create a name for yourself and if you're respectful to people and give them space they'll know that oh yeah and uh unfortunately some people abuse that they'll fall around cars and parking lots i had yeah. that happen all the time out at gray lodge i stopped hunting the place because of it or I'll, really? or I'll drive a separate car because people will follow cars <laughs> and they'll know where you're hunting out of and they'll they'll follow you out dude i uh <laughs> I do, I do no headlights sometimes. Yeah, like, no head, no headlamps. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I know you at the refuge, you have to. Yeah. But like where we hunt, I, we don't I, use I never headlights. use a headlamp. Nope. I bring one, but oh, yeah, we but, don't use them. But at the no. at the refuge, a lot of the time, I'll go headlampless, and I'll I'll be run, I'll run past people in the in the dark because <laughs> I don't want people knowing where I'm going. Yeah. And easiest way to do it is shut it off. Yeah. Yeah, I can get from my house to the blind without ever turning a light on and my car included <laughs> yeah you could for sure. i don't yeah. but you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. i could walk that thing in my sleep yeah. yeah you know you go to the same place over and over you know exactly where you're going exactly i don't care if it's dark out i don't need to see more than a foot in front of me yep. <laughs> i hate here. that i hate the headlights i do too i mean i get why you got to have it the refuge yeah. to scare people out but i say well, and, and if you're not familiar if you're not with familiar it, with you gotta put you know i would be using it out there for yeah. sure yeah. Well, and you're talking about the late season hunting too. If uh, a lot of people don't know, which I don't really want to spoil it, but up, <laughs> nor up in Northeast, they have a late season there too. Oh yeah, I've oh, done yeah. it. And yeah, that, that's that, no secret. No, yeah, they go later than you look on. You look on the regs, you're like, oh, they're hunting in March. Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's cool up there because a lot of the guys up there are. Um, what's the, what are they? They're not Amish. They're. Uh, Mennonites. Uh, Mennonites. Mennonites, yeah, and they're really cool people. Um, yeah, and you'll you'll go up there and knock on the doors and they'll be friendly. Really, they have Mennonites up there. Oh yeah. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah, really? it's like the, the their fellowship up there is huge. That's really? what they call it. They call it the the fellowship of the Mennonites. Because there's a lot around here. Well, not here, but like in Challenge, oh. Bangor, Brownsville area. There's a lot. Are they like high country people? They like to go up or what? Ah, I think yeah. they're they're fancy Amish people. Because there's still like there's a bunch of them that drive log trucks. Right. I know that for a fact. Yeah, they drive vehicles. They they farm with new age equipment. They're not like Amish yeah. that does everything horse pulled. And yeah, they got yeah. Spotify and iTunes. They can listen to our podcast. Yeah. yeah, they don't have phones, which is funny. Oh, I, really? No phones. I tried to get I tried to get a hold of them, and I I talked to one guy, and I'm like, hey, you know who owns this field? They're all, no, but uh, he lives over there, and I'm like, well, you got his phone number? He's all, no, they don't have phones. <laughs> I'm all what? And then he's all, yeah, the Mennonites and the Amish—they don't have phones up here. So <laughs> I went on, knocked on his door. They were doing a Bible study inside. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'll come back at another time. He's all, oh no, you want to go hunt that field? I'm all, yeah. And he goes, which one? And I go, oh, that one right there. He's like, oh, dude, go hunt it. You don't even have to knock on our door anytime. Come back next year. Oh, that's cool. Super cool people. Yeah, we ended yeah. up going and shooting. Um, it was like 15 snows out of it. And uh, I got a pack of specs to do it right uh, oh, up there, which cool. is pretty hard to do up there. And yeah. Got a pack of specs to do it pretty good, and we shot all three of them. So. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool up there. 
it's it's different because it's cooler up there. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to deal with the California heat down here. Yeah. Dude, Shit. it's freezing up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even oh, October nice morning in the time. Oh yeah. No, it'd be, it'll be an upper, Yeah. I did a, I did a snow day up with my puppy like her third fourth hunt because I I started hunting her later in the season. I mean, it was pouring down snow, and we were shooting snow geese in the snow. You know oh, how trippy awesome. it is watching a snow goose coming through the snow? That's awesome. You're all looking at a snowflake, and it's like, oh, is that the goose or what? Yeah. Because they blend in. Yeah, oh, I believe you, it. You, yeah. you can't see them. I mean, all you'd hear was, burp, 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 and then they'd be in the decoys, and you're That's like, what awesome. the hell? But, Dude, last time I late season goose was in the valley with a, one of my neighbors at his in-law's property, and um, we... <laughs> Yeah, we had we were laying down, you know, and we 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 weren't in blinds or anything. We were just in white suits, just laying down, and this decoy kept moving around, and then it started making a noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's a bird. That's well, awesome. That's funny with the avian influenza stuff in the early season when we did snow goose hunts on the refuge. Is uh, we had a lot of snow geese walk into our decoys. Yeah, and we try and get up and go away, and they're all avian influenza. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, you're like, you know, it's a live decoy. We'll just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's making noise, I think. But yeah, we had them die on the ponds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had I had them drown themselves in the ponds. Yeah, I, it was pretty I, tough to watch. I did a day out at Howard Slough where I kind of walked around and was just shooting crippled snows on the water, just because cleaning them up because they were going out there with uh, their airboat during the the guys out at Howard and Yano were going out there with an airboat and cleaning them up. You know, they were going out there and manually killing them. Oh, um, really? Yeah, they were going out there with guns and shooting them. And, um, but they were they were cleaning them up really good. Um, but they say you want to get them out of the water. You have to. Yeah. Because it's That's just, how it it's, spreads, it's, it's, right? it's, an, it's a waterborne yeah. disease. Yeah. It really is. So if you leave them in the water and they die there and decompose, it's just going to kill ducks. Yeah. Because it was getting into the ducks pretty bad, too. It was getting into this, uh, the steel really good. Um, well, really bad. Um, the sprig, and um, I saw a couple um, gadwall get hit pretty good. I never saw the mallards did get hit, but really? I saw the gadwall. We lucked out because we didn't see much of that where we were at. But I did the, the snows. Yeah, the snows. Yeah, the snows were bad. I, yeah. I didn't see any specks get it. Um, I just saw a lot of teal die. Really? Randomly, teal would be floating on the side, or I'd see them spin in circles. That's horrible. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I, I had that. I saw that a lot, but it was it was definitely a cool thing to go out there and you know be a part of the conservation. Ask the people at the check station, what do you guys do with these things? Like, you guys just throw them away, and they're like, yeah. Once they have the disease, we kind of just throw them away because there's not a lot you can do with them. Yeah, they, they said you can cook them out of it. Or you can cook it out, but. I don't trust that. You know, yeah, I turn I know. them into hamburger at the end of the year. I turn yeah. all my ducks into hamburger. Ah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want any of that shit in my food. Yeah, it's kind of like like the rice breast. You know, they say you can eat that too. I'm like, ah, I'm not I don't want any that. crunchy stuff. Yeah, in my, in my <laughs> yeah. Meat, you know, yeah. I cut, I cut all my. Uh, I haven't done it this year yet, which I'm kind of kicking myself. But all the birds I get at the end of the year and cut them with forty percent pork fat, and I turn them into hamburger mix so I can use it throughout the year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we do the sticks. Yeah, I'm cooking up some some sausage, uh, some sausage tomorrow from nice. Country Butcher. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's the spicy Hawaiian blend Ooh. with ducks. And then I've been uh, last year. I took a decent amount of birds, and I'm it, it's a little costly, but it's a lot more convenient than doing it um, by yourself at the house. But just taking specks and getting them plucked over there off uh, oh. s- off the Sacramento 
yeah Avenue. sacramento avenue that guy there. yeah the yeah, shack the plucking shack up so there. Do, you, do you guys like eating specs full oh yeah, yeah. i love it really yeah. skin on Ooh, it's good so i've never done it and i shoot a lot of specs. Uh, this last year i shot uh, 175 specs really yeah I wish I would have known. I would have smoked one this morning and brought yeah, it. No, they're, yeah. they're super good. Yeah, see, I've never done it because I, I shoot a lot of specs and I I, I shot like seven, so good. I shot seventy five specs off of um, off of public land this year. Pretty and impressed. I, to be honest with you, I I, I chop them up. I just throw them. Oh in the man, the the skin on is so oh, good. good. That skin just locks the flavor right in. Over at his house, and I mean they were great. Really, I mean, they're yeah. so good. I need way. to get in. I need to get into it because when I when I cook duck, it's hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. I'm really a deer purist when it comes to it. I'm so like, oh, I love deer meat. For, for me, because I'm not what what really helped me cook duck and, and goose and really everything any kind of meat is just that that Traeger grill, setting the temperature, getting the probe on there so you can cook to the right temperature. You know, looking Makes on YouTube at different easy. different recipes and stuff and cooking the temperature and being able to take it off at the right time really I, for yeah. especially for waterfowl because yeah. you keep yeah you know you don't want them you don't want those overcooked yeah yeah that's my issue is whenever i cook waterfowl i know, i know for a fact my abilities of cooking i overcook them really bad so i think that's what it comes down to is i i overcook things so well that yeah you get the probe and it doesn't have to be trigger you know i mean lots of girls have have probes or you can just buy a wi-fi probe i mean i like yeah they, i mean that's the way yeah. to go yeah my, my buddy cooks uh game really good and if i have anything i'm like hey i want you to cook <laughs> but i i know my abilities is like throw it on a pan kind of go for it i might need to invest in a trigger because yeah, I think yeah, dude, they're awesome. I think you'd like it. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I like I, cooking. I just suck at it. Yeah, I'll throw the bird in a brine and then throw some uh, fin and feather Traeger. Oh, is that the, from it. the provider stuff? Uh, no, this is from Traeger. Okay. And then just put it on the smoker, put the probe on. Well, I did that. What's that? That stale cracker guy, his season. Oh, yeah. So I did a bunch of teal like that. Um I, I did them in a pan. I cooked them in a pan. Yeah, pan. And then pan I made cooking. like a jambalaya out of them, and that was good. Yeah, and see, then I'll put even that. I'll use it like a dry rub that friggin' stale cracker stuff and cook whole teal on there. I like teal. I always yeah you, my favorite. You keep the skin on, or you take it? No, I keep it on. The skin on's the way to go. You're gonna right. you're gonna pan fry the duck breast. Oh, yeah. Gotta keep this keep the skin on. <laughs> I so I've, much flavor. I'm telling you, I've always been a you know. That's a, uh, the skin that's a kid thing, man. Yeah. I know. So there's old guys that friggin' roll over in their grave knowing that we breast birds. Yeah. And, See, that's that's my issue is, you know, I try to hang out around the older guys, but sometimes you guys are kind of, oh, yeah. wake up, wake up. You, you know? guys. <laughs> Who's he talking to? <laughs> <laughs> no. Where are you? But, no, seriously, <laughs> like, us. There's, there's sometimes I, I, I really don't know when it comes to that stuff. And it, oh, yeah, it's all learn. I mean, shit, you're a freaking kid still. You yeah. Know? Pretty not, knowledgeable. You're still yeah. a kid. I, I, wa I want to get better at preparing game better because I try and use every part of the bird when I when I harvest a bird. You know, I try and take the feathers from it and I give it to people who make flies. Yeah, I that's cool. I try and use everything from them. Um, but it's hard when you shoot a lot of birds. It's yeah. like you can't use everything. So if you want to pluck a bird by hand, it, it's pretty time-consuming yeah. if you don't have a plucker. I've done it. We've all done oh, yeah. it. it. Your hands hurt afterwards. Yeah. Find a plucking check. It's like a KC you know, bar yeah. here in Gridley. The bar does them. Well, yeah. I, the, uh, I, I hunted a couple, a couple years ago um, up in uh, Calusa called Butte Creek Farms. 
and um, they had a plucker at the club. Yeah, yeah. some of the, a lot of those places. And uh, and it was pretty cool. I used it for a couple of times, and I was like, you know, this would be cool if yeah. I was up here every weekend, but yep. I'm not yeah. So yeah. at the refuge. Well, it's a little pricey. Uh, they vacuum seal. Well, I was no, gonna say, no, they had their own manual plucker yeah. in the club. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Like a, but but the thing about those is. Because I've thought about getting one from the house. A lot of you can make them. There's yeah, there's ways to do it. Pretty easy to make them. Um, but you really have to have a dedicated spot for it because the feathers get everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you try to, it's like anything else. You know, and you go, oh, I'm gonna make this, and it's gonna be you know neat and orderly, and it never is. So you like, got ones you can put on a drill. You know. Yeah. But they had a, they had, it was kind of it was on a little grinder, yeah. a little uh, a, a pedestal grinder, and it was like a little ghetto rigged one where they cut the back of the pedestal grinder off with a guard, <laughs> and they had it in this little chicken coop and cage room and that's the way they kept all the feathers in was the, the cool ones have like a fan with a vacuum mm-hmm. so you're just doing it yeah. over and it's just sucking all the feathers in Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that would like be cool. a shop back that's why i thought they should yeah. do for traeger grills is have a little shop back attachment oh like yeah. inside of it so that you just put the shock like hook up your yeah. shop back to it yeah, and then, you got to clean it out pretty regularly yeah right that's yeah they're kind yeah. of a pain you got to take them yeah. apart but yeah, I, and that's the thing when it comes down to like like the cooking and stuff is all the preparation for me. You know, I still I still live at home, so I live with my mom. I pay rent, I do all the stuff, but you know the preparation and the time it takes is like it's a lot for me. Oh yeah, you know I I I'm still trying to run around and scout birds. You know, oh yeah, no, time consuming. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes after a hunt, I mean the especially the afternoon hunts. You oh get, yeah, you get home. Well, I know sometimes you just I'll do it in the morning. I'll do it yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it don't hurt them at all. No, I, you know, especially if it's cold. Yeah, I've, le- I've left birds out for three days, and yeah. you know it's funny because a lot of the guys um, in the Bay Area, I've heard um, the Italians used to leave don't birds them. and hang them out for like five days. I've heard, yeah, you hang them. What is it by the beak yeah. until it falls, and then it's good to go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've heard crazy stuff. I don't know about that. that. I get done sooner than that. Yeah, I've done. I did it for five days, and I will say, from the bird I cooked from the one day, because I did a test in the middle of the year, the bird I cooked on day one compared to the bird I cooked on day five, totally different taste. Really. And whether it was good or bad, because <laughs> I suck at cooking. Yeah. You know, it's I'm a salt and pepper type of guy. Yeah. I season stuff. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, probably because I suck at cooking. Yeah. But the flavor on day five was a whole different. T- it, it was That's a whole different cool. palate. Yeah. It, it 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 was dry aged. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like could have been eating rotten meat for yeah. all I know. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you didn't get sick. Yeah, dry <laughs> aged all my McDonald's burgers <laughs> <laughs> for three years. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, the, the fast food restaurants could get away with it too. Oh, you wouldn't yeah. even know what you're eating. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we're about better get out of here, huh? How long we've been blabbing? Oh shit, we're a while into it. Yeah, well, yeah, been good a time. good one, easy talking. So, we sure appreciate you coming all the way up here to the crack house and hanging <laughs> yeah, out. Thanks for doing this, yeah. doing this, and it's nice talking to you. And hey, we might have to hunt with you this year or something. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, if I I'm gonna put in for some refuges, and uh, you know, I might need some. Might yeah, need we're gonna run out to the spot, guide. Yeah, because <laughs> so. I'm not running out yeah. there. Holy cow. <laughs> 